This week, we talk about the insulin index versus the glycemic index and talk about how autoimmune disease follows the Western diet. And we speculate how vegans think animals die. Let's get into it. Do, do, do. Before we get going, um, I want to have a little reaction to our um, last episode with Nick about the seed oils. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. and not, not so much the seed oil part, but the the vegan, um, you know, he's leaning vegan because of the moral argument thing. Like, did you, did you think about that at all over the week? That was, that was kind of gnawing at me, how he's choosing to eat mostly vegan because he believes, you know. Animals have rights. Right. That's what he said. And that, you, just, you know, that you're not killing as many by eating the vegan stuff. I don't know. That just didn't say. Based on the proof. Right. Well, he's basically saying the burden of proof should be on the meat eaters or the animal eater to no, prove that. No, he was saying the burden of proof should be on whoever's trying to change my mind. Right. And But I just don't, you know, I, I don't know how he can ignore all the, well, and, you know, I didn't want to sit there and argue with the guy. But I was just thinking a lot of, you know, and he's just a, mm-hmm. you know, he's a destroyer. Right. He, he's a de- super debater. So it's kind of, right. you know, I, I didn't feel equipped to take him on, but I was just thinking about it. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, so this is a little retort. You, here. You're lucky I didn't say, it. what do you think about the vax, Nick? Because <laughs> I know how he thinks and you wouldn't have enjoyed that conversation. <laughs> right. right. Well, obviously the guy's an excellent debater. He's a master debater. He's smart. So, yeah, he's super smart. So I wasn't trying to, like, you know, get full of bullet holes here. Uh, but I just thought about a couple of things, too, that I should have brought up. But I remember hearing about some uh, hunter, well, not hunters, but, uh, well, they are hunters, but people that defend crops, <laughs> they actually, like, patrol the perimeter and sh- take out foxes. Dude, that's weed. Well, that too. That's what they're guarding. <laughs> no, but, you know, the guy, I can't remember where they're from, but um, they just literally shoot animals that are getting ready to eat their crops. They're called farmers in North Dakota. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> all, all over the right, world. Right, So, you know, to protect, because that crop is money. Right. That's their harvest. That's their income. So they have to protect that. And much right. like that story we told about the vegan gal that, Decided to grow her own food, and then slugs were eating all her right and all her, and all her uh, lettuce. And then she read how to get rid of the slugs, and you have to put alcohol in a bowl, and then they get in a drink, and then they can't get out and they drown. And then she just realized it's impossible to make food without animals dying in that production. So, right. uh, but yeah, I, I remember you know hearing about those guys that defend crops with rifles. Shooting fox, shooting bunny rabbits, just to protect their investment because that's that's their income. So right, you know, and really, I guess it's just a matter of numbers. Sure, because that's what it is. What Nick is saying is like, okay, if a hundred cows die for on this pasture land, then that's a hundred. Okay, when he's talking about sentient beings and right, but then if you know if you're talking a hundred rabbits, let's say a hundred rabbits die in that same amount of acreage getting killed in the production of, you know, of whatever is grown on that, on that, on that same amount of acres. Right. 
but then and then you get into okay a, a cow is a much bigger animal does that have more value than a rabbit or a fox well it's like you john know? dutton said on tombstone he goes <laughs> right. how cute does an animal have to be before you decide it's worth yeah so you know my, my instinct is that that's just misguided and, and it's just tough for vegans to accept because they really really don't want an animal to suffer but it's it's happening in the production of their food and i think just because they're divorced from it and so many steps removed and they just see a nice package of tofu or whatever and it doesn't have a chopped up animal in the package that there's so many steps removed that that's kind of what they think and it kind of brings me uh sure but if 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 going down the road of what nick was saying with the in the future that processed food will be the future the optimal fuel in the future take that like a hundred steps back and say, how much could we create in a greenhouse environment and not have any of the other environmental impact? Yeah. You wonder. And also like, and I've heard Sean Baker talk a little bit about the, about the processed lab grown meats and all that. Ultimately those ingredients have to come from somewhere too. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, so, there's in my mind, there's really no escaping it. It's just a matter of, of uh, relativity. Right. You know, trying to minimize it. Whereas we're just like leaning in going, I'll eat Bessie over there. Mm-hmm. Got no problem with that. Or yep. I'll eat Bambi. No problem with that. Right. You know, but, and you know, a vegan doesn't want to say that because that just seems so harsh. It, it, it's violent. Yeah, it is. There's yeah. no two ways about exactly. it. If you follow nature is metal, <laughs> right. you know how violent it is. Right. And that's nature. Exactly. Period. That's yep. life. We just are, we have... Um, I, so, just, I just made this up. We have life privilege. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> because we're top of the food chain. Right. So we get to go, oh, look at Bambi dying of old age. In this. <laughs> right. So this is, this is, uh, you know, how a little, you know, jokey meme about how it says how vegans think animals die in the wild and it's a, a deer surrounded by its loved ones right. in, a, in a hospital bed. Right. It's Went like, peacefully in his sleep. If you don't go out and hunt Bambi. How do you think Bambi normally dies? In northern Minnesota, wolves and coyotes. <laughs> exactly. Probably some horrific death being eaten. Well, it's still eaten alive. Eaten to death slowly while it's still alive. It's being disemboweled by a wolf. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like they're going to go to the retirement home and then eventually pass away of old age after a long, fulfilling life. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's... People are, the the urban folk are very <laughs> removed. Very, exactly. So, you know, you just have to kind of open your eyes and just face facts and admit what's happening. Um, but in good news. I needed some. <laughs> My day's been just jam-packed with shitty news. <laughs> well, here's some good news for you. New report gives red meat a clean bill of health. See, red meat gets shat upon so so often lately, uh, and demonized and treated like it's you know tobacco or something, and it needs needs to be its consumption needs to be minimized. Yeah. So okay. Well, right. Red meat has been the victim of information terrorism, unfairly and dishonestly condemned as a threat to human health. Now, of course, this is a uh, article from the Scottish Farmer, so I'm guessing they're. They're pro pro meat, right? Right. Um, so take that into, you know, with a grain of uh, rock salt. 
Okay, so the conclusion of a bombshell scientific report that dismantles the last five years of anti-meat propaganda and questions the motives and the money behind the modern demonization of livestock farming. Reports, it's a pulls together multiple peer-reviewed studies of unprocessed meat consumption and concludes quite the opposite. Okay, yeah, because it says uh, the Eat Lancet. Okay, that must be a medical journal that put it red is. meat as number seven in the international list of dietary threats. The Lancet's actually a pretty good medical pub. Right. As they call in the business. So the Stanton Report pulls together multiple peer-reviewed studies of unprocessed meat consumption and concludes quite the opposite, finding time and time again that red meat is not a contributory factor to ill health. At the same time, identifying areas in recent anti-meat studies where there have been, quote, an inexplicable transformation of the background data in the statistical evidence used, unquote, that produced an abrupt 36-fold upping of meat's supposed toxicity. Yeah, it's just, you know, it, to me, there's just, you know, there's profits behind this, right? There's all the guys that produce the game changers and that are invested in all the impossible meat um, products. Um, Look at the title of that magazine. There's profit behind that. There's profit behind mm-hmm. this article. Oh, yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, right, of course, if you're a rancher, you, <laughs> the last thing you want is people shitting on, right, on, right. Meat, on meat. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just you always have to consider you know where it's coming from. Always. So, again, you know how do you right? It's a, it's all opposing views, and at some point you just have to go with your gut, right? I mean, it's just literally, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. And you know, I can only speak to my personal experience, and I feel great when I eat meat, and the less I eat of other things, just I, the better I feel. The better I feel, I'm learning is. The less I eat, period. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely overeat and not feel good. Yep. But yeah, caloric reduction and with an animal-heavy diet to me is, is you know, if I could say it in one sentence, that's perfect. Real food. Yep. I've been exactly. kind of taking... Notice he left out processed meat, too, so he's... Right. You know, he's not saying... Right, you know, right, right, right. filled stuff. Yeah, we're not they talking said, about... They specifically say unprocessed meat consumption. Not talking about wieners. Right. Or Bologna. Right. (laughs) Bologna is just lips and hooves. Who's hungry? (laughs) Right. It's too bad that hot dogs are so damn good. Unbelievably good, especially if the bun's a little warm. (laughs) Right. Damn it. Oh, I know. That shit's good. They got to figure it out. So, yeah, basically, you know, they're trying to ditch the simplistic red meat bad assumptions that we've been spoon-fed. Fair enough. Yep. I like it. So... Got to stay in the arena, keep fighting it. Um, <clears throat> speaking of eating meat, you know how Joe Rogan went carnivore last January, right? Yeah. <laughs> this this article is pretty hilarious. It says, Joe Rogan said he's eating only meat and fruit for the next month. So he's kind of doing like a Saladino where it's it's not just most of the strict. Most of the diehard carnivore, even have you seen Liver King? He's eating all sorts of carbs. Like honey, now. like natural honey. Honey and, and potatoes. Oh, potatoes. I haven't oh, seen that. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like a, lo- a lot of them eventually... They start out strict carnivore, and that's, that's a solid. It's kind of an elimination. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you got to watch this on YouTube if you're listening because it's a picture of a meaty ribeye. But it seems like a lot of the carnivores start out strict. Um, they eventually start adding in some berries. Yep, natural honey, that kind of stuff. In season fruit. Yep, and that seems like a good compromise of you know still of helping with the energy, you know, and the, like fueling some of the 
the uh, fitness activities. Yeah. Um, so that you know, maybe that's the ideal diet. Uh, but his his carnival. diarrhea thing was very, 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 very short lived. Well, right. That's the thing is people. I think that got, a lot got made of that last year. But the thing is, if you're only doing it for 30 days, you might have diarrhea for most of that. He said it was like only like a few, I think. No, I thought he said it was most of the time. Oh, but, okay. But, and okay. I've seen just in the Carnivore Facebook groups, a lot of people say kind of as an introductory phase, they're, you know, having horrible diarrhea for like usually a couple of weeks, most people say. But. And then it just goes away. That's still too long. <laughs> it's not definitely, definitely not fun. But if you're making a lifestyle change and you're going from the sad diet to that and you have to kind of go through an induction, introductory, you know, event, yeah, that's definitely not good. But I never have to have, question why you're so loose. Well, I think you your body's just going, holy fuck. Yeah, but you... What's this? But biologically, you shouldn't be able to shit through a screen door. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's for going on. For a month. We need, we need somebody smarter than us to explain. Having diarrhea happening. for more than a couple of days is not good yeah. for you and my speculation just my gut says it's probably just all the fat like especially for eating ribeyes and things i don't know the people that eat like lean chicken breast or you know do more of the pe type diet true if they experience that it might be just the fat and, and he's ribeye strong here so um so i i experience it anytime i make a major shift right if it's to mostly animal products or back to mostly carbs Anytime I make a drastic change, it's... Your body just says, holy I just, fuck. Yeah, I work from home and my office is the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> so he says, podcaster Joe Rogan said he was giving up vegetables, bread, and just about every other food group to kick off the new year. He said on an Instagram last week, he was embarking on a so-called carnivore diet in January. And that's kind of because January is National Carnivore Month or whatever. So, right. Or World Carnivore Month. So he says he's just going to eat meat and fruit for the whole month. It's not clear what his regular meals consist of, although his Instagram suggests ribeye for breakfast is one staple. He tried the diet before. He said he lost weight, but had severe digestive issues too. Now here's where it gets interesting. It said, okay, it says his meat only diet led to weight loss, increased energy and diarrhea. Well, two out of three ain't bad, right? Except for when you're <laughs> fucking dehydrated. Yeah. Well, and that's temporary, but it's just kind of funny how they, you know, I guess it's a, it's a balanced article, you know, weight yeah. loss, increased energy and diarrhea. Uh, right. Just throwing it out there. And I think it's good that he's just like telling everybody what's happening. Right. I mean, let people know what they're getting into. <laughs> he said he described explosive poops in graphic detail to his followers. <laughs> I haven't shit my pants yet, but I've come to accept that if I keep going with this diet, it's just a matter of time before we lose a battle. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, it says, okay, the issues lasted about two weeks. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. That makes so, sense. A month is a little. That's yeah. That's a little. That's a little bit much. He says uh, suggested a typical day of eating on the carnivore diet involved two meals. Breakfast included six eggs or a steak, and for dinner he'd eat another steak, either beef or elk, and occasionally other types of wild game such as bison. Yeah, because he goes on those elk hunts with. Uh, bow I would do some stuff. pretty shady shit for a good elk steak. <laughs> For an elk ribeye? Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. That's living. Yep. So, interesting. You know, we'll see. I remember he last year he he leaned out a ton, just in a month. But did you see the more plates, more dates guy when he did Rogan? And his oh, head, no, his Derek? Head, his head's like, like Barry Bonds. Derek's is? No, or Joe's. Rogan's is. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. No, I didn't watch that episode. Yeah, he did uh, dates and plates on, on Rogan, and it said, there's zero fucking chance he's not juicing. Well, he said he's on human growth, whatever. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's talked about that, and I think he's on testosterone replacement. So sure. He's on, you know, because he's mid, what, at 54 or something like yeah. that? So he's, you know. Yeah, I, that's kind of like that... Uh, Najil Nanjiani or whatever his name is, the guy oh. that was a, like a, he was in Silicon Valley. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, his yeah, head yeah. looks like a giant block. Yep. Yep. I mean, man, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like know if that's worth it. I mean, he's super Jack now, but. Looks like Max Headroom. Yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> if your head changes shape, that uh, it's not a good trade off. No. I mean, how about just be a little bit smaller, but look more, <laughs> look like a regular right. human. I don't, I don't understand that. So I guess we'll have to track uh, Rogan here and, you know, we're at the 20th of January now. Um, it'll be 21st when this airs, so he should be two weeks in, so we'll see what's, uh, what's going on and if he benefits or has a similar experience as last year. But he did lean out, though yep. he lost like 12 pounds or something. Yeah. So, and, he felt, and he said his energy was through the roof. Now, my question is, okay, then why don't you stick with it? Because he was shitting. Well, but after that was gone in two weeks. Oh, fair. So, yeah. you know, if he felt great and he was leaning out, is it just the – the you know addiction to pasta and everything life. else, life. yeah, just life. Yeah. yeah, he's he just he signed a hundred million dollar deal with <laughs> yeah, Spotify. Right. He's gonna eat whatever he wants. Yeah, he does. Yeah, exactly. So interesting to see what he says um, when he goes to the best Italian restaurant in the world. Right, that's that's three hundred dollars a plate. Yeah, he's exactly. not gonna say, "Do you have squash noodles?" Right. So. I saw this, and this is a funny meme here. This is heaven. This, no, it's I, Iowa. I don't know where this is, where this was taken, but this just freaking made me laugh. It's some looks like a Pakistani, Pakistani or uh, from India, dude, just covered in bacon on a bed. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, but I like. I don't it. think he's India. If he's Indian, he wouldn't be covered in bacon. <laughs> I thought they like cows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cows. Right, they're not, fine with pigs, right? Yep, yeah, you're right, you're right. They're, yeah, I guess cows he has to eat bacon and not cows, yeah. Cows are sacred, right? <laughs> pork is. Wasn't that? That's, that's for Arab, Arabs don't like pork. Okay. And maybe Jews too, I don't know. But for sure, Arabs. What well, just has to be kosher, I think. Something. I'm, yeah. glad I, I'm glad I'm not one of those religions where I have to worry about that. Like, I, I, it'd be tough to, like, Oh, we got to go find a kosher butcher. We got to go. We can't eat this because of that. Eh. My crop, my religion is CrossFit. So <laughs> we eat whatever we want. Right. One thing I saw um, in the, uh, speaking of vegans and impossible meat making its way into the society. Did you see this? <laughs> the Whoa. Beyond chicken nuggets. And it looks like. Christmas baking. Like, that's peanut butter. It's funny because the, the quote says, this shit looks like fried erasers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's so, yeah. so gross. Okay, it's made its way to Burger King. It's made its way to, you know, a lot of restaurants. And now KFC is making fake chicken. It looks, no, you know what it looks like? It looks like um, putty. Yeah, it like does. Like that you would fill, like, in your ceramic tile. <laughs> right. Grout, right? Yeah. It looks like grout nuggets. And <laughs> yeah, the other, the other quote here is, "It's no way KFC thinks this shit looks appetizing." No, there's no way. God, I mean, Bonnie's is well, right. You don't, uh, why did they have to bite into it? See if they just this looks regular because that's yep. just breaded. That looks like that looks like original recipe. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> nugget. Okay, why'd you got to cut it open? 
Yeah, you screwed it. I mean, you're... Yep. God. You can see the wood grain. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what it looks like, wood glue. Yeah. It's like wood glue that was put into a form. And then, right? Yeah. I don't know, man. There's even a splinter on it. I don't, right. I don't know what... I don't know this, who this appeals to. I mean, if you... Why would you want to eat, again, if you're vegan, why would you want to eat something that mimics chopped up precious animal? Right. This, I mean, the only audience this is for, it's got to be for dudes that think vegan or plant-based is healthier, but they really want meat and they like meat, but they just think it's healthier. So they're choosing this option thinking it's healthier. Right. I don't know, man. Well, here's a review. Some guy, the New York Post. Here's the title. He's like, that's how, how we look. Just how he looked at it. KFC's new fake chicken nuggets are really gross. That's the title of the of the article. <laughs> didn't he didn't mince words? KFC is the latest fast food giant to claim that plant based chicken can taste as good as a real thing, but the chain picked the wrong faux fowl to make its case. The chickens or the chain supposedly long awaited Beyond Nuggets six for seven ninety nine. Deliver a dollar a piece. Wow. Well, you remember the Impossible Whopper? Yeah, it was expensive. Like forty-seven. Well, they tried your new premium because it's so healthy. Right. It says they are beyond Same awful. Fun. Right. Worse than KFC's near flavorless real meat chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a he's not a KFC fan. No, apparently from the start. So the fake chicken uh, from within KFC's new offering come from Beyond Meat, a rival to Impossible Foods, which created the famous Impossible Burger. The idea behind offering artificial chicken is to democratize plant-based protein oh boy never i don't want man boobs <laughs> but this bogus bird would not fool a seven-month-old experiencing solid food for the first time <laughs> i wanted to taste this thing separate from the hype and from the oily overseasoned 11 spiced breading that scorched my tongue like a blowtorch after some work, I managed to extract the miserly vegan morsel that seemed glued inside its nugget. Once freed, the spongy solid matter did not taste remotely like real chicken, <laughs> much of which, which doesn't actually taste like chicken these days thanks to factory farming and antibiotics. <laughs> well, that's the problem is if you're eating without the breading, I mean, Ugh. you're getting the, the full dose of the grossness there. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you're relying on that breading to cover it all up and disguise it. Much like the Impossible Whopper with the bun and the onions and everything else. That's how they could get away with it. But, but the argument, there's so many stupid arguments around this stuff. There's one argument I heard the other day was, it's so nutrient dense. So is gasoline. There's like 5,000 ga- calories in like a quarter cup of gas. Yeah. And so is a giant, you know, glass of sugar. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, again, like they're just falling for the pitch that it's healthier than eating real chicken. So, you know, you don't want to because you want to taste real chicken. Otherwise, you wouldn't bother eating something that's simulated. See, that's where, like, you got a guy like Nick who comes out with his nutrient ranking system. Right. And the top of the list are are organ meat and meat and fish. You know what's funny, though, is he – and I, I thought he was going to go to the, well, this is the healthiest thing. But then he actually said it doesn't really correlate to health. Right, right. So that's an important distinction on his little nutrient yep. density calculator. He's just saying this technically has the most nutrients, but not it doesn't mean it's the most healthy. Right. So that was an important, very important distinction. Because, you know, then how do you base your choices on that? What you really need is a health index. You right. Know, where it takes all that into account. Yeah. And say, okay, this is the most nutrient dense, but 
it's not the kind of nutrients you want. Right. You know, so you need you need a health like just give me a list, tell me the healthiest thing, which in my mind organ meats would be up there, but well, yeah. obviously if he thinks obviously he thinks saturated fat is bad. You know, his opinion was that because when he said, you know, I told him my steak dips cooked in butter was a worse option than the and same thing cooked in seed oils or whatever. Right. So he was, you know, didn't like the saturated fat. So well, I think, and he he didn't like the 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 how the the molecular profile changes with heat. Because mm-hmm. he kind of shit on the deep fried foods too. Right. So you know, somebody someday will come up with a health index to tell us what we're doing wrong. Until then, just follow the pyramid. <laughs> yeah, flip it upside down. <laughs> fuck you. Like I one. mean, f- fuck you is impossible. It's f- fuck you. That's what I say. Somebody. There's no like, way I would not pronounce it like that every time. Even op- after they corrected me. <laughs> right. It says okay. A better option. David Chang's much smaller. Fuck you, Chang. <laughs> How do you name it? That fuck you. Lent a shtick of modicum of respectability. When it launched Impossible Nuggies. Hey, that was one of the twins. So they're trying to be funny. So they was, call it Impossible Nuggies. That was one of the twins on Austin Powers. Oh, was it? Fuck you and oh, fuck okay. me. Got it. <laughs> so that's uh, Red Rooster. Okay. They they definitely beat KFCs, but it's a relative thing. I don't go to fast food anyways. Right. So. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're going through KFC and you think this is a better option, just just get some grilled chicken if they I don't know if they even have that anymore or if it's just all deep fried with breading. Oh, it's still I think it well, I shouldn't say. I don't know if I've had it. But if you can get forever. a grilled a grilled some grilled chicken, eat that. I think it's still extra crispy original recipe and grilled. Mm. And I used to when I was a KFC motherfucker. <laughs> I used to love KFC. The KFC buffet? Oh, for yes. 5.99. Yes. You leave now. You yeah. eat like killer whale. And I was <laughs> <laughs> that guy died, by the way. You've been here for an hour. He did. Oh yeah. Hmm. Wow, he was monstrously huge. That's a, I mean, it was just a matter of time. Oh, what's the, the comedian guy? You've been here for an hour. You you go now. Yeah, that was uh, Ralphie, wasn't it? No, Ralphie no, May? no, no. John John something. Oh. John Brandon or something was his name. Oh. But yeah, he he passed away. Um, so you posted this the other day, and it made me. Th- I want you to explain it a little bit because it made me think and I wasn't sure what the point was. So I'll read this quote here. Um, it said, under eating is a huge stressor on the body already. There are other stressors we have in life, such as job relationships, finances, strength training. Interestingly, he calls it a stressor, by the way. The more stressors we go through in life, the more carbohydrates your body needs to fuel itself. Think about that. I posted because I thought it was stupid. Right. So I don't. I didn't understand what... I got lost in this. I want you to like. What's the correlate between carbohydrates and stress? Right. So the fact there that he throws, more. you need more carbs yeah. on there. Yeah. Right. That was. That's stupid. I know. I stress didn't, does I didn't not throw that. you into a into a um, an anaerobic pathway, or an to anaerobic. where you, you, you need, need more energy. Yeah, where you need to feel right. <laughs> your stress. Yeah, I didn't understand the point of this. What they were trying to say. So I wanted to delve into it a little bit. Um, yeah. No. Also interesting that he says stressor was strength training too, which I guess it is. I guess it's it is because you're breaking down the muscles. There's a stress. Yeah. yeah. There's a stimulus there. Yeah. And the body adapts to that stress and mm-hmm. gets stronger. It can too with the other stresses in life if you handle them correctly. 
Speaking of adapting and getting stronger, yeah. I got my my bench up to one sixty five from one fifty now. Gone up fifteen pounds in the That's past. Good. For four sets of 10, that's not a one rep max. Oh, okay. I don't know what one rep max is yet. I was pretending to be impressed. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Reach over, pet man. Yeah, good right. job. Good Wait, job. 165. <laughs> no, but I'm progressive overload. Yeah. It's, yeah. Cre- it's creeping up. Absolutely. Compounding can, interest. And I'm going like the last, you know, for the last couple reps of the fourth set. Oh. And you don't have a spotter. So you can't force, but I do have safety bars because I got my sweet PRX rack. So, and I have the safety bars right where, and I've tested it with just the bar that if it, I put them on the safety bar, it's like right against my chest. So it won't crush me. Okay. then I can sneak, I can wiggle out. So I tested that because of lifting alone, that could be scary scary. because you're trying to fail point where it's, you can barely do the last rep. And one of these times as I creep up and wait, I won't be able to do it. Right. And then what you, which, but if you, but if I was at your house and you did that last one and I was like this helping you and I had to pull it up, I would still make you go tempo down right. and then I'd help you up right. and make you go tempo well, right. down. Yeah. With a spotter. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Cause that would just murder the muscles. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so I'm I took it super, we did one rep max this week too. I didn't do one rep max. On Tuesday. No, we did it at CrossFit. we established our new one rep max and I shoulders really, really bad. So I took it really easy. Say the number. I know I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I am. If it's not lower than 160 or if it's not less than 165, you shouldn't be. 275. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Somebody goes, is that a PR? I'm like, it's a, almost a hundred pounds short of my PR. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can do like 350 or something, right? 365. Like at your peak. Like this last fall. When you were strongest that you've ever been? This last fall. That's pretty damn good. I don't know if I'll ever I was see a over, three. In my life, I was over 400 once in a Smith machine. Oh, is that So like, it doesn't count. That's the, the bar that rides the, on the glide. Oh, okay. Right. It's And it's got, and then you put the hooks over so okay. it catches. Never seen one of those, but. You haven't? Well, I'm sure they've been in gyms I've been in. It's but like a regular bar. Do they have my Planet Fitness? Mm, That's like the only gym I've ever been me, in. Me, me. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's got the it's got the bar travel path. Yeah, it's it's on it's on it's rails on like, basically. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, and so essentially the bar itself is weightless. Okay, and the only weight you're actually moving is on the the bar, right? Because you don't have to ever balance it ever. There's no stability. It's right. just pushing. So that gives you a lot more. Oh, you can poundage. just push. Yeah. Okay. Yep. One thing I found. When- <clears throat> so, and it, my point is, is. Mm-hmm. It was the bench press movement, and it was over. It was right. like four ten, but good. it doesn't count. No, right? Yeah, free weights are just so much harder. Oh, so and the much. dumbbells, They're even harder, well, even harder. Yep, yep, exactly. So that's why I wanted to get bar. I got the PRX rack with the barbell and the safety bars and everything. So I feel pretty so I, safe. So, so a perfect example is I pushed up once three sixty five with a bar, and then I like within the month or two. I tried to do 150s with dumbbells. Oh. So 300. Which is less. 150, 150, which is 65 pounds less, Couldn't and it, it owned me. Right. I got it, like, right oh, here. Yeah. That's and so I just much failed. harder. Yep. That's why when I'm doing <clears throat> when I'm doing my curling, you know, as part of my reps for curling, I have one of those easy curl bars. Oh, yeah. So I do some of those, and then mm-hmm. I do dumbbells, like, I alternate. Then I do dumbbells the other days. Do you, do you lean against the wall when you do dumbbell curls? No, should I? 
Yeah, because it takes the. I try to not swing, but you you do no matter what. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. And, sure and you won't realize you move. I'm just trying to not go like this. Right, right. Kipping, <laughs> like, kipping curls. Like I'm jogging. <laughs> try not to do that. We call them kipping curls. <laughs> exactly. Like how we do pull ups. I try to remain erect <laughs> as much as I can, and just you know, be have it be all arm. Best but, is when you get back against the wall, and then just put your triceps against the wall, and just. Oh, that's got to be hard. Oh, as hell. you can't. Yeah, it's no it shoulders. Just isolates no, the muscle. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, so it is much harder doing the dumbbells than it is at the bar. Oh, so hard. It's yeah. all it's the stabilized muscle. Yep. And what ends up happening is if you don't do those movements that use the stabilizer muscles, especially in the shoulder, mm-hmm. is those little muscles don't get strong. Right. So as you get heavier, you start getting hurt. Right, and you won't have the hypertrophy of those either so if you're mm-hmm. looking for bigger shoulders you want to yep. be stabilizing as much as you can yep and most of those are to me truth be told most of those are inside you'll never see them right but if you don't strengthen those and you just progressive overload stronger 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 and all of a sudden oh sorry josh but you got a torn labrum <laughs> right. how the fuck did that happen well you What's weren't a- working all the little ones on the way up right yep one thing i've I've been trying to do too, and I've you know heard a lot about the mus- mind muscle connection, and then the uh, the foot like pushing. Especially when you're what do they call that? No, 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 like bench pressing, like using your feet on yeah. the ground. Yep. What do they call that? Is a word for it? Grounding. No, well, maybe that is it, but you know, like uh, you basically get some extra oomph by using your feet to push down. Oh on the yeah. Ground, yep. Yep. You know, as opposed to just doing it all right, all packs or whatever. Yeah, and lats. Right. And you lock your shoulders back and down. So I've been trying to do that to like really focus on pushing the floor away, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why when stabilized. I bench, that's why when I bench, I don't come from out here. I come from oh, here, right. right? And then I can do here too. Yeah. And then I incorporate here and here as well as chest and tries. And that's how. That's how you. Yeah. That's how you bench heavy. Yep. <laughs> Just use everything. Oh yeah. Your legs, yep. ass, your right. feet. Yep. Yeah. So it's uh. It's interesting, but it's fun creeping creeping up though. Oh, I like I, I like I have my little board. And I got my little sharpie, mm-hmm. and I get to write a new number. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm also up to 28 chin ups now. Ooh, that's good. S- stuck another one on. It's taken me like a month to add one at a time now, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Newbie gains are gone. Oh god. No. No. But you know what though? But it's been a year. I, I have my sheet. I got to take a picture of the sheet because oh. I I started this and it was six. Last January. That's impressive. And then it was, you know, one every couple of weeks until, and then, then it was like one every three weeks, four weeks, and now it's like one a month. It's like the person who started saving $300 a month when they were 18, and now they're <laughs> 35 and they're a millionaire. Right. <laughs> it feels good, though. I mean, I think it's so important to track, especially if you're getting started. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you feel so much satisfaction seeing those numbers creep up. Right. So I think it's important for people that are starting out to do that. Right. Um, okay, let's talk about this article here. <clears throat> so, you know, a lot of this vegan, carnivore, you know, we're always constantly exploring, um, you know, what the results of, of certain diets are. Um, so I found this article that talks about the global spread of autoimmune disease blamed on the Western diet. Because there's so much more to what you're putting in your mouth than just am I fat or skinny, Right. For sure. You know, and, you know, there's all kinds of effects of what you're eating beyond 
just gaining weight or not. I had a friend. We have a really close friend in high school, and his nickname is Bones because he's been super, 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 super lean. lean and skinny his whole life. Mm. Well, like six years ago, he had a stroke. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it's there is such thing as skinny fat. Well, right. And like, you know, Bob Saget just died. He, he's 65 years old, but was he looked, it obese? No, and he looked very, very. But did you see this lean. article about the hidden visceral fat signs, like in his oh, face? Oh, okay, yeah. Yep. Well, that's one thing. Like when we look at pictures of like Dr. Gregor and stuff, you know, you see that visceral fat mm-hmm. is the skinny fat is is everywhere. So yep. maybe, yeah, maybe he had issues with that because, yeah, from the outside he looked like he was very svelte. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a thin, absolutely thin dude for being sixty-five years old, especially so. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, to the article's point, it's yeah, there's doesn't matter what you look like, right? There's way more uh, at stake than just what you can see and just how much fat is on you. Although that contributes, you know, if you're obese. See, but see right there, but you, but you just, you just gave the fucking green light to all the the body positive, <laughs> body love people to go see. <laughs> I'm healthy, right? No, I'm saying. Just because you're skinny. You can't skinny. be overweight and healthy, but, but you just be because you're skinny doesn't mean you are either. Right. You can be over. You can't be overweight and healthy, no. but you can be underweight and unhealthy. Right. So the only thing to be is is the proper leanness and healthy, and then find out if you're healthy. Right. Not if you're overweight, you're definitely not. Right. Not unhealthy. When people are like, "Well, I'm overweight. My blood work's flawless." Yeah, you're thirty. <laughs> right and playing with house's money exactly it's just a matter of time and there's outliers obviously you know people make sure it to 100 and they're overweight and you know it's not like a, nothing's a guarantee yeah but you're just playing the odds here but like i tell people all the time show me the next elderly obese person right they don't exist exactly <clears throat> so what this says is, okay, major international research efforts are being made to fight this trend, including an initiative at London's Francis Crick Institute where two world experts, James Lee and Carol Vinueza, have set up two separate research groups to help pinpoint the precise causes of autoimmune disease, as these conditions are known. So numbers of autoimmune cases begin to increase about 40 years ago in the West. However, now we are seeing some emerge in countries we've never seen such diseases before. For example, the biggest increase in inflammatory bowel disease uh, in the, has been in the Middle East and East Asia. Before that, they had hardly seen the disease. So I think what they're saying is basically what's changed, right? Well, a lot of these, you know, there was probably no McDonald's in China 40 years ago, but now there is, right? Right. <clears throat> You know, as the Western diet makes its way around, they're saying their point is that these autoimmune diseases are, are following. Um, so here's some other examples. Type 1 diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, and multiple sclerosis. In each case, the immune system gets its wires crossed and turns on healthy tissue instead of infectious agents. Yeah. It just, dude, it all comes back to just lean out. Lean out. <laughs> everything. Everything always right. comes back to that. Yep. That's why, you know, when people fast, a lot of their inflammation and the symptoms of a lot of these diseases improve. You know, that's one of the the ways that they, they see thought, benefit. I just thought of something. When someone, next time somebody says, I have blank the syndrome or disease, what should I eat? My answer from now on is going to be less. Less. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
Yep. <clears throat> okay, it says uh, if you don't have a uh, – and then they're, they're making the point, too, that there's uh, some genetic susceptibility, they call it. <clears throat> okay, both scientists stress that individual susceptibilities were involved in contracting such illnesses, ailments that also include celiac disease as well as lupus, which triggers inflammation and swelling. It's, inflammation is like everywhere in these things, mm-hmm. too. Um, if you don't have a certain genetic susceptibility, you won't necessarily get an autoimmune disease no matter how many Big Macs you eat. There's not a lot we can do to halt the global spread of fast food franchises, so instead we're trying to understand the fundamental genetic mechanisms that underpin autoimmune diseases and make some people susceptible but others not. We want to tackle the issue at that level. Yeah, because I guess if you took some test and it said, boom, you're a target, then you'd know, okay, I really got to watch this shit. Right. Of course, you know, you don't want to get the one that says, I'm not going to get it, and then just be a huge fat bastard. Either. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I guess I'd always want to know just because information is power, but, you know, interesting to see what, uh, what they determine here. Okay, when I started doing research, we knew about half a dozen DNA variants that were involved in triggering inflammatory bowel disease, but now we know of more than 250. Mm. Isn't it crazy how they've completely dissected the human genome? Yeah. And, you know, all these, like, different breast cancers, and, you know, they can predict, predict like, the occurrences. It's pretty amazing stuff. It is. So, bottom line, Western diet, not good for other parts of the world. No shit. And they're seeing increase in all these uh, autoimmune diseases following it around. So, you know... Careful dude in, in a rice patty. Maybe just stick to what your grandpa ate. Right. You know, that <laughs> avoid makes... the avoid the in and out burger that's that just got built. When you think <laughs> I don't know why, but my ADHD mind just took over a second ago. <laughs> and you ever hear this I mean, everybody's heard the story about grandma or grandpa that lived to hundred and one. And smoked Pall Malls and ate bacon every day, <laughs> yep. and drank whiskey, drank whiskey, for, yep. whiskey for lunch. Yep, yep. And then didn't quit until it was time to go to bed. And <laughs> but none of them were fat, right? And you know what? I think a lot of those people that made it that long did that in moderation. R- oh, right. They right. weren't, you know, guzzling. Uh, one and a, what do they call it? One point five liter of whatever. Yeah, you know they were having their glass. They're on the on the rocks right. of scotch or whatever, right. and two pieces of bacon. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> you know they weren't going nuts. Yep, and just crushing everything. You know, so I think some of that is, and you know they're just a creature as a habit. You know, routine. Yeah, I, know, and they weren't I just massively huge. I think <clears throat> the more I learn about this nutrition stuff, the less I know. And I'm starting to think that it's all bullshit and it's all going to come down to in the end. Just eat less. Just don't be fat. Yeah. That's it. There's no fucking silver bullet or magic pill. But then then the problem is, you know, like we get into the whole thing of, well, just operating a caloric deficit, but not gummy bears. You know, it's got to be things that are produced the building blocks. But if being in a caloric deficit, eating just gummy bears gets you to that healthy weight the quickest, and then we can dial it in, it's better than being Everybody fat. sign up for Dewey's new keto it's kickstart. Be- it's better than... It's all gummy bears. Gummy bear kickstart. <laughs> oh, uh, I just... I, every, 
everybody who cares about longevity or being there for their kids, just lose weight. Lose weight, and you got to build muscle. You got to put muscle. One hundred percent. That's that's the missing piece. Like, yep. you know, I hear. I can't remember. That's what, the missing piece to keeping the fat away. Yeah, because I mean, people focus so much on the not being overweight and just you know, got to drop weight, got to do this. You know, it's all about the diet, which we know it's eighty percent of it. But they're neglecting the putting the lean muscle on. Yep. To help know. keep it off. Right. So you don't have to chase it. And just so you're strong and you don't have those detrimental effects of age, you're fighting those off. Like I was talking to my aunt. She was up from Texas the other week or just this last weekend. <clears throat> and she was asking me because she knows we do this show. And she was asking me about, you know, she's in her 70s. And she was asking about, you know, what I'm doing. And, and you know, I could just tell that they're focused on the weight part. Mm-hmm. And that's all they ever, like, think about, you know. Yeah. Yep. Is, oh, I'm keeping my weight down. I'm doing this, doing that. Everybody says that. But you're not. Throw the scale away. It's like for me, I'm I'm almost, I mean, I am concerned about that, but I'm as equally as concerned about staying strong and putting lean muscle on. Right. Well. And that's what almost nobody's doing. And they're definitely not doing it in equal measure. And that's part of the problem with <clears> the tape measure. And I, I say, I use this analogy all the time with people is you wouldn't, you can't build a house with just a tape measure. But you wouldn't build it without it either. Exactly. So that's, that's the scale. That's a good line. And it's a tool. Yep. Use it once a week. Don't get so caught up in it. Exactly. And that shouldn't be, you know, we always talk about don't be overweight, don't, you know, but that shouldn't be your only goal. And you have to be packing on lean muscle. Exactly. Well, Especially if you're a lady. Right. Because they just completely don't have that focus. Typically. And they just chase their tail on the treadmill. and Right. And then the thing is, they always want to look. Tone. Toned, but they don't have any just losing weight, you're not going to be toned because oh. you're actually probably going to be less toned. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what, it, that's what made me think of. It was one of my wife's friends, skinny, right? But she's like always, oh, I just got to lose like a little more in the she's tummy. Body dysmorphia probably. Well, some of that. But if you don't put lean muscle on, it's never going to look the way you want. Right. Yeah, you're not going to be proportional. You can't just lose more fat and have that look better. Mm-mm. You know, you have to put on some muscle because otherwise there's just skin and bones. Yep. You got to put the muscle on. That's what makes people look fit and, right. and in shape and the way that they think is just from being skinnier, but it's not because mm. your average skinny, super skinny person is not attractive. I mean, that's a broad it's, statement, but uh, it's, <laughs> you, know, it's, you know what I mean? Like uh, somebody that's just skinny being the only adjective. Oof, no. I prefer athletic. Exactly. That's people want to look athletic. They just don't know that. They Mm -hmm. think it's skinny. Right. But it's actually athletic is what they're shooting for. They just don't know it. So they're, you know, putting the efforts in all the wrong stuff. And they don't know how to get there. Exactly. You know, and then they always go, you know, end up on the cardio. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you should be lifting weights somehow. That's, you know. Do the cardio too, but you should be focusing on the lifting weights. So just you know. join CrossFit. Yeah, exactly. Don't just right. say, here, do this for an hour and then go home. <laughs> right. They don't you don't have to worry about where do I start or what do I do. Exactly. You, just, you show up at just show up every day at the time that you signed up for and they'll just tell you what to do. But instead so many are, you know, on the exercise bike or on the treadmill. I can do and that's all they do. I can do this myself. <laughs> yep. All right, let's get into this glycemic versus insulin yeah. index thing. So Dr. Eric Berg, big keto guy, um, 
he has this thing called the insulin index, and that's different from the glycemic index, which is more about, uh, you know, the, I think the, it's the thing diabetics use. And I, I got a video here of his that I'll post on the show notes. You can, it's like a five-minute video you can watch, and he, it goes through both what they are and the differences and how they affect your insulin. Because his primary goal is to not spike people's insulin um, and that's the new, that's the new, that's the, the new thing for the low carb keto, um, reduced carbohydrate crowd mm-hmm. is I don't care what your blood sugar or your A1C is. I care what your insulin is. Oh, just not the spiking of that hormone. Right, because if the if the pancreas is saying is producing all of this insulin, why do why do we worry about blood sugar being or A one C being high? Because it's well, in my mind, it's a sign of uh, inflammation and all the other things that go along with. Correct, but in this context, what mm-hmm. it's doing is it's forcing the body to just keep creating oh, right. insulin. Well, if you're constantly creating insulin, then you're going to become your body's going to become insulin. Your cells are going to become insulin resistant. They right. call it. Yep. So the, the the latest, like what Dr. Berg is doing here, and this is exactly what him and all the others are doing, is I don't care about how much blood sugar you have that your insulin needs to take care of. I want to know, are you, is your insulin high? Are we triggering that response? Or are we, are we treating the symptom? Right. Cause the blood sugar could be a symptom, mm-hmm. but the, the actual th- thing we need to measure is where's your insulin? Because what if your insulin spikes are from fat? Right. Well, and he, he kind of goes into basically that, uh, the, his argument is a very keto argument. For sure. You need more yep. fat because that doesn't spike the insulin. See, like he's got his list here of high insulin index, whey protein. It's all pure protein spikes the insulin more. But things that have fat in them, butter, bacon, egg yolks versus egg whites, more fat, less likely to spike the insulin. Sure. Which it, it's, I guess it's how that I talking myself through it. I guess it's really a chicken or the egg argument. Kind of. But, you know, in this, I'll post this video. You can watch it. It's five minutes long, and he kind of goes through the differences and why. Basically, his overall argument is that when you're spiking your insulin, your body is not going to lose weight. That's kind of the overall just, you know, and he goes into the mechanisms and stuff, and he's got a ton of resources. Well, about, they, they, call, they call insulin the, the energy storage hormone. Right. So, I mean – I get where he's coming from. Yeah, he's just basically saying you don't want to be spiking that. It's going to be harder to lose weight if you eat more fat. Don't spike your insulin as much, even though it's counterintuitive because fat has way more calories, right, mm-hmm. that you can still lose weight. That's his claim, you know. And obviously, you still have to be in a caloric deficit, I think. Right. But all things being equal, if you're going to eat in a caloric deficit, it should be things that don't spike the insulin versus things that would. Right. So that's kind of a, his main point. So and then the, stuff. And then the mainstream, ma- mainstream Western medicine will say. The fat's bad. No, no. 
Oh, because they, they support healthy fats. But the mainstream modern Western medicine is going to say, who gives a shit? If insulin is up, it's because it's doing its job. Oh, that's right. what insulin does. Yeah. That's the argument. It's like, oh, your blood sugar. That's why they say, what's your fasted blood glucose level? Right, because they don't want to know <clears throat> if you in had, response to a meal. If you had a donut, you're, it's going to spike. It's going to spike. Yeah. It's supposed to. Yep. So if it's high, then you're going to trigger insulin production. Maybe it's like but that's what it's supposed a to semi do. going down the Rockies. You know, if you're riding your brakes all the time, right? Right, right. <laughs> sure, you have to use your brakes when you come to a stop sign, but if you're screaming down a mountain and you're just riding them. They're eventually going to wear out. Yeah, it's going to, your, your yep. brakes are going to overheat and there's the problem. Yep. So, yes, that's, you need that, your brakes to stop. And that's back to the insulin resistance. Yep. Because if the, if the insulin's just psh, 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 like Space Invader asteroids, remember that game? Yep. And they're just constantly shooting all of those blood glucose globs the asteroids that, yep. yeah eventually it's just gonna the gun's gonna go i'm out yep. i'm out i can't do this anymore yep. and then that's exactly what happens <clears throat> and then the asteroids start getting by you mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden guess what happens now storing the fat yep so yeah so watch this video he's got tons of resources too but one thing i thought was interesting was this insulin index okay so these are the things that the higher the number is the more they trigger an insulin response so the lowest, butter, because that's basically just fat. Mm -hmm. So that's 2% insulin index. Then it's olive oil, uh, various of the uh, fatty oils, olive oil, coconut oil, heavy cream, pecans. Now, this is not calorie. Nothing about calories here. Oof. Obviously, some of these things are super calorically dense. If it was calorically dense, you'd flip. Exactly. You'd flip this right. chart. Right. So, you know, just understand what this is highlighting. It's basically saying how much does this particular item spike your insulin so if you're trying to avoid that you'd want to stay in the lower end and if you for some reason would want to spike your insulin then you go to the higher end <laughs> or at least be aware of what what the things on the higher end are capable of doing right so it goes from you know butter to cream cheese is about 10 percent. pork is 11 percent um bacon is nine i'm looking for meats and things okay peanut butter 11 Codfish, 12%. Peanuts, okay, pork sausage, 13%. Pumpkin, huh, that's interesting. I thought would have thought that would have been higher, but I guess it's because it's so starchy and not as much glucose. Um, <clears throat> almonds, 14%. And then it's cheddar cheese. Egg yolks, 15 <clears throat> So that's kind of funny because egg whites are at 55 Right. Because of lack of fat. Right, so it's more but protein. It's so protein is more... Protein would cause more of an insulin spike than the fat would. Sure. That's kind of his point. Um, whole leg is 21%, so that's kind of right in the middle. Makes sense because the yolk is just the fatty part. But I did learn, and not to, I don't want to sound like Nick right now, <laughs> but I'm going to for a second. I did find out that the insulin or the gluconeogenesis the reason that he has the which is the high. conversion of protein into glucose correct yep. so um but it's demand based not reactionary mm. so gluconeogenesis oh, so needed as needed so that's that's an advocate again for the high protein diet yep. because it's saying it's not going to just take what's coming in and make it all into glucose right it's going to produce glucose from that material as it needs as it needs okay. after the protein does its thing right i mean that to me the more i we explore all of this 
the more I lean towards animal-based, protein-heavy. Mm-hmm. Protein-prioritized. Protein-prioritized. Yep. You know, that's, that's you know, less from the fat, more to the and, and guess and, and guess what's <clears throat> the, the kind of a change right now? I'm seeing, I follow them on Instagram and on Twitter, and a lot of the Seco nerds mm-hmm. are really pushing the heavy protein now. Really? Oh, it's, I'm just like, whoa, 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 you? <laughs> you said gummy bears were cool. Fuck, you, you <laughs> complete. And then she's like, oh, it's just protein, protein, make protein your most important thing, and then we can figure it out from like, you bitch. So the Seco <laughs> people basically saying calories are basically all that matters. That's what they used it's to just say. just energy balance. And their whole argument was it didn't matter yep. what that, what those calories are made of. Right. Did they ever make the argument that it? All, all, it does not matter. I mean, they can't think that gummy bears are just as good as eating steak and no, bro- broccoli. No, their argument is when it comes to losing fat, it's just a caloric deficit. So it doesn't matter what you eat. My argument always back to them was shut the hell up because just losing fat is never what it's all about. Shut the hell up. I rest my case. Right. <laughs> That's never. You're just, you're just making an argument for the sake of argument because yeah. you know you can win. You're not doing anybody any good. And the analogy I always use is it's like saying, Jeff Bezos, how did you become so rich? Well, I spent less money than I made. Yeah. Fuck off. I just, how did you do that? I, I made a made billion dollars. Right. Easy. Right. <laughs> so how did you do that? It's easy. You just make it. And then I made two billion. Right. And then 30. Yeah, um, but yeah, but Jeff, how did you, like step by step? I started a company. Yeah, start a company. Made money. Make, hey, make you, know what, kid, you know what, kid? Work hard. <laughs> <laughs> any any other yep. questions? <laughs> so that's the Seco argument, right. and it's stupid and lazy, and yeah. it just allows them to be a bully and win an argument. Yeah, right. Because in the end, you're going to have to give way to thermogenesis, and you're going to have to say that yes. So I wonder if you it is calorie restriction. If you argued with a Seco person and you said, would it be better to eat? Let's say your uh, the amount of calories you, you used in a day was two thousand. Okay, let's say I was going to eat twenty five hundred calories of steak and broccoli versus 1500 calories of ice cream and gummy bears. They wouldn't actually argue in favor of. They would. If they said, if your goal is just fat loss, that's when I say that's never just the goal, right? That's never, ever, ever just the goal. Now, would they say if you're going to operate in a deficit, let's say you're going to eat 1500 calories a day. Would they say of Steak and broccoli is better than ice cream and gummy bears. Would they at least every concede time. that or would they say every, it would matter? Nope, every time. Okay. They'll concede right. that every time. So they're not completely insane. No. They're ju- it's just it's <laughs> it's they're just posturing to to be able they're positioning themselves win to the win debate. it just to win the debate. Yeah. And be a bully on Twitter. Right. That's all it is. So this is kind of interesting. Mm. So not just be a bully and win the debate on Twitter, it's also to be contrarian right. to the the low carb. Right, when people Keto. are saying eat ribeyes and stuff, then they get to pipe in and... They get to say, it doesn't matter if you eat just ribeyes. Right. You, you can have carbs. Just stop being a deficit. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> just repeat the shit somebody said. <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. So here's the highest insulin index items, okay? Bananas, that's 84%. Crackers, 87 Whole wheat bread, 96 100% is white bread. So that's kind of like the maximum, but it gets better. Well, yeah. Sweetened, sweetened yogurt, 115. Potatoes, 121. Isn't that interesting that that spikes your insulin the most? Or sweet Except potatoes. for jelly beans. Well, they had squash or no pumpkin down here. 
So that's kind of yeah, that's not exactly like sweet ass. potatoes, but <laughs> I don't see sweet potatoes, do you? No, nope. it's fallen under. It's not on this uh, particular um, list, but so just kind of you know, food for thought, interesting uh, thing to look at. Um, and then he's got a whole to- ton of resources here for about keto, intermittent fasting, insulin resistance. And this is just the insulin resistance of blood sugar section. So he's got tons of videos and stuff. So, you know, he's a great guy to follow. For sure. Um, when you're uh, undertaking this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's that. He's very much like the feller. And he's been around, I mean, a lot of these videos five, six years ago, he's been around a lot. He's one of the OGs in this kind of space, too. So, Speaking of that methodology, I was listening to KFGL the other morning. Which is a local radio station for those not from our area. Yeah. I, think, I assume they- We had one guy- Put those pieces Say together. thanks for telling us what the hell West Acres was, because I didn't know what the hell you were talking Oh, really? About. Yeah. <laughs> when we're saying we we saw fat people at West Acres. Oh, shopping mall. Right, I had to explain so, the mall. So. Sorry, I get... Uh, so KFGO is a local AM radio I forget. station. Sometimes I forget it's not just you and me sitting here. Yeah, bullshit. there's actually people in like the Netherlands and right. Australia listening. Oh, good eye, mate. Um, <laughs> no, they're not. Let's put another shrimp on the bar. Let's not. <laughs> um, KFGO. KFGO local AM radio station, mm. but they had a they have a one of those paid guest oh, yeah. spots. Yeah, yeah, it's cheesy commercial style. They're reading it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even the, the 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 radio show host is reading the script and yeah, it's presented as like an an interview, but it's really just an ad. What is it about these energy drinks that I should not be having having more than one per day? You're not reading that. Right. Um, anyways, but she was, I won't say the name of her company. However, she was a local business that provides meals and meal planning, and she's strictly keto. Mm. She was all about this. She's all about the, the insulin resistance, uh, keeping your insulin spikes low. Not low, but level right. spikes are the bad normal not riding the not yeah. riding the brakes down the mountain right right <clears throat> and uh i texted jake friend of the show mm-hmm. i texted him and i said the new gallon kfgo is actually pretty good and nice. he, he replied i agreed yeah she was um yeah she's good check it out well, you need to say her name then. Cause no, you, no, I don't. I just need just to tell said. you, listen to K- KFGO AM at <laughs> 7. Does she have a show? 7, no. Or, I mean, it's she a paid a store. But, she I mean, on KFGO, store, brick she and mortar an storefront. No, she's on, she calls in. Oh, okay. And they act oh, like gotcha, it's an gotcha, interview. Gotcha. And it's a paid interview. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. It's a spot. Yep. So, um, but Yeah. Uh, every Tuesday, I want to say 7.30, because I'm on my way to work. Mm. So, um, Can I put the link to her business in the show notes? I was going to so say you... that, but I don't know if we should without permission. Well, she'd love that. Yeah, she probably Free advertising, it's called, maybe. It's called, we can't. Because you're not here crapping on her. You're saying she's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's actually called Fit Fuel. Okay. So, yeah, we can put a link to it. Let's find it. Yeah. Because um, I forgot her name. There it is. 
Fit Fuel Fargo. Oops, I can't do it. Fit Fuel Foods. All right, let me. Be able to make a difference with Fit Fuel Foods. All right. Uh, go to the science. Okay. Right to the science. Yep, yep. We've been given bad information for years about how we're supposed to consume our nutrition. Even worse, when people actually tried following the bad information and it didn't work for them managing their weight and health, those individuals were to blame. Okay, so let's see. Oh, it's Nicole, somebody. Let's look here. Peacemaker. Oh. There's no superhero. All right, so she's got a... Uh, Everyday low carb keto cooking with Nicole. There you go. A short story of Nicole's personal journey and how Fit Fuel came to be. Oh, I think we need to reach out to this little gal. Nicole Lind here, nurse practitioner and founder and owner of Fit Fuel Foods. Okay. We should call her up. Yeah. See if she wants to come on and chat about it. Are your products available in speaking Australia? Of, that's that same damn person. <laughs> I suppose that that's pretty far to ship food. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa. <sighs> Scroll down. I couldn't hear the audio. Oh, I, no, thought, I, thought it, I thought Key said I could hear you on the radio. Not everyone is a production genius. Like, like me? <laughs> everyone knows I'm the brains behind all this. <laughs> yeah, so Except the red lights. Where did those go? Oh, well, I had to take down my... They're on the ground, sadly. Um, I didn't even notice. Until <laughs> <Still> just now. <laughs> yep. We still look ridiculously handsome. That's true. I guess it doesn't matter. Can't help it. <laughs> I am as God made me. I just improved it a little. All right, guys. I'm going to wrap it up there. Sounds good. Send uh, emails to info at fitandfurious.com. Make sure you're watching on YouTube. You got to see all these crazy memes and stuff we're doing here and see how handsome we actually are. Uh, listen or how full of shit we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> listen to anywhere. Do you, speaking of f- funny, do you, you, know, you like Ricky Gervais, right? Oh, yeah. Have you watched the show Afterlife? Where he no. plays a guy that where his, his uh, wife dies and then he's just does not care about life at all. Yeah. And he's just a I've heard everybody. of it. Oh, it's so good. Seen, oh, I need to watch it. He's <laughs> yeah, he's a funny dude. So good, man. Um <clears throat> so yeah, well, uh listen anywhere audio podcasts are found. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share. Support the show at furiousmerch.com. And we will see you next week. 